Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Awesome, awesome. It is so great to see y'all. If this is your first time here, I want to say welcome. My name is Mo. I'm one of the pastors. And if you are watching online or in our video venue, we just want to say welcome. We are so glad you are here with us. Can we give it up for those who are watching us online in the video venue? Thank you for joining us here at The Creek. It is a great day to be here at The Creek. We are in week two of this series called unsure, navigating faith in a world full of doubt. And so last week, we kind of talked about what we do with our doubts. How do we navigate um, the doubt of our faith and, and the questions about our faith? And this week, we get to uh, look at a different subject. We get to look at when we're unsure about what decision to make. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 11, 2 Samuel chapter 11, starting at the first verse, and it reads, In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbath. But David remained in Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is, this, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had... She had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. Uh, let's talk about how to make wise choices. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Uh, we just thank you for your presence that has been with us in worship, and we pray as we hear your words today that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, this weekend, we had the EXO conference, and uh, we, me and my wife went, and if you didn't go, I'm telling you, next year you want to go. It was an amazing time. We laughed, and we had a good time. We learned, and one of the best things about marriage for me is that I just get to learn something new about my spouse all the time. And I know some of you wives in here is like, well, I wish I would have known he snored like this before I decided to say I do. But no, it, it is really an awesome time to learn new things about your spouse. And one of the things I learned about my wife when we got married, after we got married, is that she is deathly afraid of Atlanta traffic. Like, deathly afraid of it. When we start to get closer, you can see her, uh, her palms start to sweat. And then when we actually get into the city, you know, the part where it got eight lanes and 12 exits all at the same time, that when we get to that part, she can't even look. She closes her eyes. We can't have no conversation. And the only thing she says to me is, when we get out of this, 
Let me know so I can open my eyes. And like the good husband I am, I tell her we're out 12 times while we're still in it. And it's just a great time. Wonderful time. But the thing was, for her, it's just too much commotion, too many intersections, too many exits. And, you know, it's a great analogy for life. Because life is full of intersections and crossroads. Life is full of these uh, decisions that we have to make. It's a good analogy because at these crossroads, we have to do what life is all about, which is make decisions, to make choices. Uh, making choices is uh, something that we always do, we always have to do, and we don't need a crossroad to do it. Just by waking up in the morning, you've got to make decisions. Most of us, those decisions are on autopilot, you know? You just kind of do it, especially if you haven't had your coffee yet, it's just happening, you're just doing it. But then there are some other decisions that are, are really important and valuable to us because the fact of the matter is, is our decisions really determine our direction. What we decide to do really determines who we are becoming and who we are. And another way to say this is that we are the sum total of the decisions we make. This is your first fill in the blank, is that we are the sum total of the decisions we make. Who you are, where you are going, is based on the choices and the decisions you make. You are not a kind person because you were kind once. People describe you as kind is because you are consistently making choices to do kind things. Who you are and where you are going is really decided by the decisions you make. But sometimes it's hard. We flip-flop a little bit. I remember a story about this man who subscribed to a magazine. He subscribed to the magazine, and at the end of the year, he wrote an email to the editors and said, well, when I signed up, you told me if I wasn't satisfied, you would give me my money back, so I would like my money back, please. And then 20 minutes later, he sends a follow-up email. You know what? To save you the hassle and trouble, why don't you just apply that money to my next year's subscription? And so the point was, is that he was trying to make the right decision for his life. He wanted to make the right choice and the right thing, and that's what we're all doing. We're trying to make the right decisions for our families. We're trying to make the right decisions for our life, where, what job, for our children. We're, we're all just trying to do the best that we can and make the right choices. And most of the time, for the simple things, this is easy. We know that, it, it, you know, I'm not the same when I'm hungry, and it's not good for me to skip a meal because then I'm not going to be the nicest person. You, you know the simple things of what the right thing to do but sometimes there's a bigger challenge. On the bigger things, it's a little bit more challenging. And I would propose to you that we might be asking the wrong question. We might be asking the wrong question. And if I can use this analogy, asking whether something is the right thing to do is like playing checkers. But the best question to ask is what is the wise thing to do? And so your next fill in the blank is this, is that we shouldn't be asking whether or not this is the right thing to do, but the question we should be asking is whether or not this is the wise thing for me to do. You see, when we ask that question, what is the wise thing to do, we are saying, based on who I am, based on where I'm coming from, and based on where God is taking me and what I believe my life 
purpose is, what is the wise thing for me to do in this moment? What is the wise thing to do? Because here's the trap of Satan a lot of times is he, he's fine with you making good decisions as long as they're not God decisions. He's fine with you settling for less than what uh, God has for you. He's fine with you making uh, choices that don't lead you towards destiny and purpose. Uh, he, he would be fine with you walking around in a circle trying to figure out purpose instead of making choices and wise decisions that lead you to fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God on your life. And so the challenge is we've got to make wise decisions because when we make wise decisions, we take steps towards where God is taking us and where God wants us to be. And every person in this room has decisions to make. And I believe that if we ask this question, what is the wise thing to do? If we make wise decisions, we're going to move from a place of being unsure to a place of clarity. We're going to be moving from a place of being unsure to a place of peace. We're going to move from a place of I'm not sure what to do to a place of I am settled in where God is trying to take me and I won't be distracted by things less than what he has for me. This is good news that we have an opportunity to make wise decisions. Now, my daddy used to tell me uh, experience is the best teacher, and he also says you don't have to experience it yourself for experience to be your teacher. And in our uh, uh, scripture message this morning, we see the example of somebody who sees the effects of making unwise decisions. I, uh, there is nothing wise about what David does in this place. He just goes from bad to worse to worse this. I know that's not a word, but what he did was so foul. We got to make up a term to describe it. It was so wrong. It was so egregious. It was so terrible. But the fact of the matter is, is that we can learn from David's life because although David made this bad decision, scripture still calls him as a man after God's own heart, that he knew how to worship God. He probably had a voice like Todd and words like Pastor Marty. He was the perfect combination. It was wonderful. But the problem was David fell into a trap of unwise decisions. And I believe from his life, we can learn four things that I think will teach us how to make wise decisions. And if we are willing to make wise decisions, I believe God will transform our lives. Here's the first thing is that wise decisions start with the right thinking. Wise decisions start with the right thinking. In the book of Proverbs, it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. As a person thinks, that's how they are. If you were here for the Transform series, you've probably got this verse memorized, uh, Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and 
pleasing and perfect. If we change the way we think, we will change the way we make decisions. We in a safe place. We in this room right now. So let's be honest for a minute. When you think about the times that you made the worst decisions of your life, you were not thinking clearly. I I know you, you, you went out on that date with that individual and you know if you were thinking clearly, you never would have said yes to their invitation. Uh, When you look back over your life, the, the worst decisions you made, the times you found yourself in trouble were moments and seasons that you were not thinking clearly. I say this all the time that you don't want to make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. You can't be driven by your emotions. You can't be driven by wrong thinking because wrong thinking will lead you in the wrong direction. Here's what we find about David. David The text introduces us to David and says, the time where kings were supposed to be at war, David sent somebody else. Something happens in David's life that causes him to back up from his responsibility. Something happens in David's life that caused him to become apathetic about his assignment and his purpose in life. Something caused him to move away from where God had called him to do and to make another decision. And here's the truth of the matter is that when you are in the wrong position, you will make decisions that lead you in the wrong direction. When you are in the wrong position, you will make decisions that lead you in the wrong direction. Let me flash back for you. Maybe this was yesterday or it could have been 20 years ago, but... You got to a place, you end up making a choice that you know you shouldn't have, and you say, man, I wish I I wasn't here. I was just in the wrong place at the, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. When you look back over the, the, the unwise choices that you have made in your life, Most of them happen when you're in the wrong position. You're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong headspace. Your thinking is out of order. Your alignment is out of order. And we can't make decisions when things are out of order because we will make decisions that lead us away from God, away from purpose, away from destiny, and towards everything else. Can I tell you what happens with David and Bathsheba never happens if David is in the right position. There's some of the heartache that we experience in life that God never intended for us to experience, but we made a decision in the wrong position. And so if we're going to change the way we think, if we're going to change the way we think, we've got to be willing to make sure that we let God transform our minds and our hearts, creating us into a new person. Because when we change the way we think, we'll be able to recognize God's purpose and his will for our life. Here's the second thing that I want to show you in the text, is that if we're going to make wise decisions, we've got to be willing. Wise decisions require us to be willing to listen to sound advice. Now, this is the hard part, but, 
because this requires vulnerability. This requires humility. This requires us being willing to listen to other people. Uh, when we read the scripture, it says, and someone told David, isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And I know when you first read that, you're like, oh my gosh, David, she's married. Like, stop. What are you doing? But it's worse than that. Because what this person was really trying to say to David is, David, you need to press pause for real because you got too much involved in this. Scripture gives us a little insight to this in 1 Chronicles chapter uh, 10 or 1 Chronicles chapter 11 verses 10. Starting at verse 10, we get the list of David's mighty men. The people who were closest to him, the people who went to war with him, the people who saw David at his lowest and at his highest, the people who were closest to him. And do you know, in that list was Elam and Uriah the Hittite. So in other words, what this person was trying to bring to David's recollection is saying, David, you are too close to these people to make a decision that is so dumb. But David, being the king and all and desiring what he desired, he makes a choice against the wise advice and the wise counsel that had been given to him. How many times have we made a choice that we know we shouldn't have made and somebody has told us this ain't the right move for you? This isn't the direction that you should go. And a lot of times they may say it in a way we don't want to receive it. And sometimes we're just stubborn, right? I know that's not you, but you may be sitting next to somebody who's stubborn, married to somebody who's stubborn. Some of y'all looking at me straight face because I'm talking about you. I'm sorry. Let's be friends still. But the truth of the matter is it's important for us to be open to listening to wise counsel because it will keep us from moving in wrong directions. Here's what happens in the life of Moses. It, Moses is leading the children of Israel out of slavery, out of bondage, and he is doing too much, and his father-in-law shows up, and this is what happens in Exodus chapter 18. He says, this is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You are going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. Here is the point is that Moses was open to hearing sound advice from somebody else and it caused his ministry to have longevity. It caused him not to burn out too quickly because he was willing to listen to the advice of others. And here's the truth of the matter. If we are willing to listen God uses people with wisdom to give us advice on the choices we make. If we're willing to listen, God has people strategically placed in our life to give us sound advice on the choices we got to make. 
Now, this does not mean you call that one friend that will hype you up and tell you to do the wrong thing when you're trying to make a decision. That, that's not the person you call here. Okay? But God has strategically placed voices of wisdom in our life and that if we are willing to listen, they will give us godly counsel on the direction we should take. Look at what Proverbs 12 and 15 says. It says, fools think that their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Proverbs 15 and 22 says this, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Now, let's look at this practically. You see the most successful people and the most successful companies have multiple advisors to help navigate the places that they don't know. Let me help you. You may not know this, but you don't know everything. I know this is news to you, brand new information. But we have blind spots in our life. And God places people to help us see where we can't see. To help us be aware of things that may cause us trouble or help us see ways we can walk in success. But we've got to be willing to listen and hear those voices as God has placed them in our world. This is what David does not do. He decides to do what he wants to do anyway. And here's the third thing. Wise decisions value purpose over convenience. We live in such an instant gratification world. It's my money and I want it now. That was a catchy commercial, though. We, we live in a world that says, give it to me now. I need it right this second. It's a world of convenience. But can I tell you, the kingdom, and just practically speaking, your life, you've got to choose purpose over convenience because that delayed gratification will produce more fruit in your life if you're willing to be patient and wait for it. But if you try to move at it too soon or too quickly, or if you choose things of convenience, you will miss all of what God has for you. This, this is the, the, the thing that David does that, that, that really cripples him. Because when he makes this decision, he destroys his family. When he makes this decision, it causes... It causes war never to leave his family. When he makes this decision, it causes him to lose a friend. It causes him to become a, a, a murderer. And here's the truth of the matter. Is that major unwise decisions are normally preceded by small unwise decisions. The big mistake you make it's normally preceded by smaller, unwise choices, unwise decisions. 
And when we choose convenience over purpose, we miss what God is trying to do. And if you're in a season of decision, you're trying to figure out which way to go, if I should marry this person, if I should take this job, if I should re-enlist, whatever you see yourself, if you're unsure in the valley of decision, this is what I want to encourage you to do when you are unsure Choose what aligns closest with God's purpose. Choose purpose over convenience. This is what uh, scripture tells us in Hebrews about Moses choosing purpose over convenience. It says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. I promise you, if you choose purpose, it may delay you right now, but what you receive after will be better than whatever you choose in the moment. That if you're willing to wait on God, if you're willing to choose the God thing, he will do more in your life than you could ever imagine. And Paul says it like this, I I see that the suffering of this time is unworthy to be compared for the glory that shall be revealed in us through Christ Jesus. God wants to do great things in your life, but we've got to choose God things and God purpose things over convenience. We've got to make wise choices. And here's the truth of the matter, and this is at its core where we go wrong and where David went wrong It's when we do not include God in our decisions, those decisions are destined to be less than what he has for us. When we do not include God in the choices that we make, those choices, those decisions are destined to be less than what he has for us. And David chose a route that was less than what God had for him. This is not what God wants for our lives. I know every day we have choices to make. We have decisions to make. And some of you have come into this room and you're in a place where you're unsure of what choice to make. But there's others of you who've come into this room and you're saying, Pastor Ma, I wish you would have preached this like three months ago. Because I've already made unwise choices. Here's the good news. The good news is, here's the fourth and final thing, is that unwise decisions are not the end of your story. Y'all, we serve a God who gives chance after chance after chance. We serve a God of a second chance that he will take what you have done. And if you are willing, if you are willing to turn and repent and change, God can do something with your mess and turn it into a message. He will take the trials of your past and turn it into a testimony that changes the life of somebody else. That if you are willing, I know you messed up. I know you have failed. I know it 
has gone bad. But here's the thing, that God can redeem the places that we have fallen, that God can take these unwise decisions and make sure that that decision does not become our final destination, that God is the God of a second chance. This is what he does in the life of David. This is so good. When we fast forward, 2 Samuel 12 and 13, David sees the mistake he made, and Scripture says, Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, Yes, but the Lord has forgiven you, and you won't die from this sin. See, God has forgiven you. If you are willing to confess and turn, he can change it and turn it around. It goes on in verse 24. It says, then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And David named him Solomon. And the Lord loved the child. David's terrible decision, when he was willing to turn to God, God made something beautiful out of it. Can I tell you, God can do the same thing in your world. Here's the truth. God can redeem our bad decisions if we are willing to turn to him. He can redeem them. He, he can restore our lost time. He can make our life worth it if we are willing to turn to him. This is the promise that God makes in Isaiah uh, 61. He says this to those who have made bad choices. He says, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give you a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a portion of prosperity, a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. But you've got to be willing to make the choice for Jesus, to decide to choose the God thing over the convenient thing. As I close, I had a chance to... Um, officiate a wedding this Friday this couple was telling me their story you see the wife she uh, had made some tough choices tough decisions and they left her heartbroken but she found Jesus and decided to turn to him and follow Jesus and God began to put the pieces to her life back together and she's on this journey and she meets again a guy from her childhood. And this was the perfect guy for her. She, he, he was country, he could play guitar, he could sing, and he went hunting everything a southern girl loves, right? The only problem was he didn't believe in God didn't want to go to church and didn't want her to go to church so she's wrestling with this decision 
since I've been following Jesus, things have been getting better in my life, but this is somebody I love and he's great with my son and uh, it's just such a, a good choice. But things came to a head a few months ago and she said, I love you and I love Jesus, but if I have to decide, I'm going to choose Jesus. And if you want to be with me, you're going to have to come to church. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll come, but I'm not, I don't believe, and I'm just going to sit there. And so he started coming to church, started coming to church, and God began to do a work in his life. And three weeks ago in a service just like this, he decided to make Jesus the Lord of his life. That's good news, y'all. They entered into marriage as two people following Jesus. Here's the point. She risked everything by choosing God over him. But in the end, when she chose God, she got everything that she wanted and what she needed. And many of you are in a valley of decision. What do I do? What do I choose? I'm unsure. I want to challenge you to choose the thing that closely aligns to God's purpose. That if you will choose God and his kingdom, scripture says, if you seek his kingdom, all these things, the things you're worried about, they'll be added unto you. And there's some of you in here today who have never made a choice for Jesus. You've never made a decision to follow him. Today can be your day. And he will change your life for the better. Let's pray. God, we thank you and we bless you for the opportunity to hear from you, God. Thank you for the challenge to us to make wise decisions. I pray, God, that you would transform our thinking. That, God, that you would allow us to be open to hearing the voices of wisdom that you put in our lives. And God, help us to choose purpose over convenience. God, we are grateful that you are God who gives us second chances. And for those who have messed up, for those who uh, love you but have made bad decisions, I, I pray that you would restore unto them the joy of their salvation. I pray that you would redeem their time. I pray, God, that you would turn things around for their good, that you would work things out for their good. And God, for the person who hasn't said yes to you today, if that's you, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. I decide to follow you. God, I pray for every person in this room that you would bless us and allow us to have a week that honors you in a week that allows us to experience your goodness in the land of the living. We give you thanks, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.